And good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whatever time it is that you inky savages are joining us for episode number 167 of the Penboy Roy Pentertainment Podcast. If you're hearing tickly noises, that's the rain hitting the air conditioner outside. I hope it's not picking up the oh, noise. I, I hear it. I didn't think it's raining by you, really? Yeah, it's raining. It's, pretty, it's coming down pretty hard. But I just want to give everybody that forewarning because it might be annoying. I apologize for that. I cannot control the weather. None of us can. Now this week was, we have it was literally not raining like two minutes before we started this. Yeah, our timing our timing is impeccable. But awesome. just so everybody knows, this week we have a particularly special episode because we have a guest on, and the guest is going to be none other than our good friend Hemingway Jones at Hemingway Jones on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. And we're gonna talk to him, talk to him about how he got started, how he got such an insane following within such a short amount of time it makes me jealous i secretly resent him don't tell anybody i don't want anybody to know that but before we get started with that what i want to do is i want to talk about how much i appreciate you guys spending money over at goldspot using the affiliate link in the description below please check out goldspot pens and make sure to use coupon code garfield at checkout now that coupon code is only good for the remainder of the month because we are going to change it at the end of june so please check out the affiliate link to Goldspot Pens. It helps out this multi-dozen dollar corporation known as the Penboy Roy Entertainment Studios. And use coupon code Garfield for additional savings on all products on the Goldspot website with some exclusions applying. Now guess what, guys? In addition to Goldspot Pens, the Pentertainment Podcast is also sponsored by Luxury Brands of America. And he actually updated the read for this week. I'm excited. Awesome. He actually did some homework, but he's been on vacation. He's been with his lovely wife away in other countries, just like I have in Paris and stuff like that. But he wasn't in Paris. Otherwise, we would have hung out probably. But this week, we're going to talk about the new Benu Talismans. They are coming and they're introducing – we spoke about this. They're introducing three eyes, cat's eye, tiger's eye, and hawk's eye. Now, I'm saying hawk's eye because – it's really important that the whole read just updated out of nowhere. Oh, yeah. So I, just, I, I, I guess it just, yeah, I it just Yeah, it just refreshed. All right. So everything I just said, total, total. Strike just, it out. <laughs> forget it. Forget it. The, the three eyes are still coming out. They're really cool. All right. But what he wants us to talk about this week, it, it literally just updated while I was talking. Is they're so luxury brands of America is introducing the new limited edition Rainforest Retro 51. It's a luxury brands exclusive tornado oh boy, pen with animals of the rainforest <laughs> wrapping around the pen and a tree frog perched on the finial. This Retro 51 is sure to be one of a kind. I love it when they say stuff like that, like this pen is one of a kind, because they describe every pen that we read about them as one of a kind. It's always one of a kind. There's so many ones of a kind. You're one of a kind. <laughs> I'm one of a kind. A portion of the proceeds for the purchase of this pen will be donated to the Rainforest Trust to help protect endangered animals and landscapes around the world. I like that because I'm an animal lover, never been to a rainforest, but I'm sure if I did, I would get two things, wet and emotional, because I probably would love it too. Limited to 500 pieces individually numbered worldwide, you can purchase them only at and directly at luxurybrandsusa.com slash product slash retro 51. Okay, so we're just going to include the link to the Luxury Brands of America Retro 51 pen because there's no way anyone will probably remember the link. I just just well, look in the description. You'll find the Luxury Brands Retro 51 it link. It'll be there when Tom writes out. It's a very cute pen. There is a frog on the finial. Very adorable. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Luxury nice. Brands of America. They're coming like through it. with some retro pens. I like it. I like it a lot. I have some retro pens, and I really like those, even though they're ballpoints. Ballpoints suck. But these suck less than other ballpoint pens. <laughs> So ballpoint pens suck, yes. These pens suck by virtue of being a ballpoint pen, but they suck just a little bit less because they're the rainforest pen. So enjoy enjoy the last luxury read luxury is, brands read. <laughs> that is That's, that is an overwhelming vote of confidence. It's like well, right, this right. pen sucks just a little bit less. It's like right. oh, thank you, Roy. Thank okay, you. Okay, no, no. I'm gonna I'm gonna do that over. Ballpoint pens 
do not suck not. And these pens do not suck not. I can't do it. I can't do it. Ballpoint pens suck, but these just suck less and you'll like them. Even if it's not for really just penmanship and stuff like that, it's it's a nice retro 51. Buy it, okay? So that way these guys don't get mad at me and stop sponsoring me at the link below. And also now, the rainforests. The rainforest, right, right. Yes, so buy it just to support the rainforests and rainforest animals and the cute little creatures that make noise and creep you out if you went camping in a rainforest. Mm-hmm. So do that, right? So if you've ever been to a rainforest and you liked it, then you should buy the pen so that rainforest can still exist. Anyway, maybe we should re-record this sponsorship. Now nah, we're going to leave it. All right, so I'm really excited to talk to our good friend Hemingway Jones. It's super exciting for me. Thank you, Tom, for setting this up. But before we get started, I want to give you guys a quick disclaimer. This podcast is not scripted and therefore will contain potty mouth words, both from Tom and I. Not sure about Hemingway Jones. He seems very proper and his hair is always perfect. So I don't know about the profanity on his end. So just wanted to give you guys that quick forewarning. Be forewarned, you have been warned. Now, on to the podcast. The Pet Boy Roy Entertainment Podcast. Stage Savage. All right, so, ladies and gentlemen, really excited. I have been following this gentleman, Hemingway Jones, for quite some time because of his TikTok presence back when I used to do TikTok. So what ended up happening was I ended up deleting TikTok because I found that too many hours of my life was on TikTok. Mm. So I needed to slow it down. So I, I deleted it, probably going to upload it again. In a couple of months, so that's we'll why see. you haven't liked any of my cat videos I've sent you. Oh, have you been sending me cat videos? I've been sending you stuff. No wonder why I don't get any response about it. So. Oh, okay. You send it to me on Instagram, but okay. we'll bicker about that later. First, I want to introduce Hemingway Jones, and thank you, Hemingway Jones, for being on the show with us today. Thanks. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for inviting me on. Super excited. Yeah. It's nice to be a guest for a change. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and my show is, is we usually do it live, so there's a lot of like pressure not to uh, slip, say the wrong thing, and get demonetized. Oh well, if that were the case, then I guess my monetization <laughs> is out the fucking window. But well, that's why you do it up front, right? Get it, right. yeah, get it right. In-house. You give the disclaimer. You give the right. disclaimer. Everybody knows it's going to happen. As a matter of fact, the other day on one of my YouTube videos. Someone was questioning my vernacular and saying Inky Savage. And then someone else posted smelling like buttholes is also common for those of us familiar with the pen entertainment podcast because I refer to all noodlers pens as smelling like buttholes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. A fountain pen revolution too has a bit of that. A lot right, of those right. pens for whatever reason. Yeah. Yeah. A little a little it's, bit of sick. Yeah, the vegetal resin. Some people like it. Some people like the smell of Noodler's pens the same way people enjoy the smell of their own farts. They can't stand other people's farts. Evidently. Yeah. But let's talk about you. Like, out of nowhere, Mm -hmm. I'm scrolling through Instagram looking at fish and cats and pens, Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden you show up. Okay. Is it Instagram or TikTok? TikTok. I'm sorry. It yeah, was yeah I was going to say, because right. my, my Instagram presence is pretty small even still. But yeah, TikTok was crazy. TikTok, TikTok was great for a while. It, it was this beautiful thing at the height of the pandemic when what if you had a different voice, you could really find some reach and presence there. Mm-hmm. And, and that's kind of what happened. I was working from home. I'm a banker. So we're doing finance, we're making our way through the whole pandemic, everything else, and I needed an outlet. So I would randomly pick up different items from around me. You'll see I'm surrounded by things, you know, and I would do show and tell, like, here's a book, here's a pen, here's here's a, a pocket knife, whatever. And the only thing that really got traction was my pen collection. So I'm like, well, okay, fine, I'll start to focus in on that. And before I know it, I went from no one seeing what I did to having almost 120,000 people following along. But then TikTok changed. You know, they changed their algorithm. uh, And you start to notice some things. Like in the last year, I have not gained one single subscriber on TikTok. Really? And I haven't lost a single subscriber. It's been 
exactly the same for a year. How is wow. that mathematically possible? I no, it's not. I don't. I don't think it is. Shouldn't That's, be. There's something. There's some fuckery going on with exactly. TikTok. So maybe I won't download it. Yeah, so. I mean, you know, Tom's the marketing genius. So I, I, I've been following his lead even on some some things on YouTube. But uh, yeah, TikTok's just an odd beast. I just get the feeling that most everything over there is a bot. Mm, yeah. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> Let me ask you something. So you started getting into the social media presence with fountain pens. Sure. And it was just because of the pandemic. So there was some good that was born out of the pandemic. What what was it about the social media creation process for you? How was that uh, like? Yeah. Yeah. See that that's a really interesting insight because that's really what led to everything. So I've always been one of these people where I'm trying to balance different aspects of my life, be it physical. You know, I have a bit of a martial arts background, trying to keep it together as I get older, you know, as we all do. And spiritual in the sense of just feeling part of a community. And then things like pens and, and expressive and artistic, along with making money and being in finance, you know. So there's a lot of different aspects to a person there to balance. And my creative side wasn't being fed for a while. I've always written articles, so you'll see that out there. Uh, I do some stuff for Stridewise. I don't know if either of you have ever seen him. He does boot reviews. And I do a lot of articles on menswear and things. And that was my creative outlet, but it wasn't fully being exploited or balanced. And then TikTok took off with these short forms where I could use different camera angles and kind of push the capabilities of my iPhone. But that really took off when I went to YouTube. Mm. Like I feel like, yeah, YouTube is my apotheosis. <laughs> so, Okay. Tom, you're going to have to look up what apotheosis <laughs> means and then text me. On it. So that way nobody knows that I'm stupid and don't know what fucking apotheosis means. Okay. It's like, I'll, you know, I'll text it. I'll text yeah, it right now. Becoming right. a God, you know, right. fully realized. Just, yeah, you know, Discreetly. it's just, yeah. And, and even still over there and just pursuing these different things and, and just pushing it to whatever level. I mean, you write an essay on how fountain pens have helped me deal with hard times in my life and whatnot, and then set it to like a, a compelling visual. That's, That's interesting. How how was, how was it that fountain pens helped you with difficult times in your life? It, in a myriad of ways, not the least of which is that journaling <clears throat> is probably the thing that keeps me the most sane. You know, mm -hmm. I very disciplined in journaling 15, 20 minutes a day minimum. And I self audit and I set goals and I tend to recognize signs because if you read over your journals, you start to see trends and it's my one of the things I often say is that people are constantly confessing and you just need to listen to them what they need what what they're looking for in life what kind of connections they are trying to make and you do that with yourself if you're honestly writing the things that you're longing for so you go back and read that you'll see a narrative it'll start to emerge and you you learn quite a bit about yourself so that's important with fountain pens. But the other thing is, and this is this is very esoteric, but it means a lot to me, and I hope you guys can follow me here. When you write, if you're someone who has problems with anxiety and you're really hyper-focused on something like a very stressful job like I have, um, you pull out a fountain pen to sign your name on a loan document, and the light will hit the nib, and it will glisten. And for that moment, you transcend where you are. And it's like touching stone. It's like grounding you again in something that you love and you're passionate about. It's like, oh, yes, okay, I'm this person and these are the judgments I make and this is my job and that's okay. And this fountain pen is beautiful. And for this moment, I'm just myself appreciating that. Mm. If that makes any sense. So it's almost like a, a vehicle to get away from the moment, even for a second. Yeah, yeah, I would say get away, but it's almost like really get into the moment, mm. you know? So it's sort of like reorient yourself saying, okay, well, I've allowed the anxiety to pull me out of myself, but now I see this thing I love that's one of the sort of 
drum beats of my life mm-hmm. where it's in everything I do. And it reminds me that, oh, yeah, I'm fine. I'm capable. I, I do this every day. So it mm-hmm. sort of keeps you centered in a way. I see. How long has this fountain pen grounding? I, I feel like you're saying the fountain pens ground you in a moment yeah. where you could feel unstable or I, I don't like to use unstable. Yeah, unstable is a bit strong. I'm not, yeah. I'm not saying you're unstable. I'm saying, but sometimes we don't feel grounded. And then right. you pull out a pen and you use that pen, the fountain pen. Yeah. And it just gives you a sense of groundedness. How long yeah. has that been so in your life? I'd say through the last 10 years, easy. Mm. So, so it, is it fair to say that you've been using fountain pens for the last 10 years or was it even before that? Oh, yeah. I mean, my my whole flirtation with fountain pens goes back probably to the early 90s when I was seeing other people had them and it was like, oh, those are intriguing and interesting. And I kept dipping my toe in. And I can admit, because I've talked about this on my show, my first fountain pen, I probably bought it around 1994 and it was a Waterman. And I can't remember which model it was, but I snapped it in half using it, using it. So where the section where it screwed into the body, I was so hard on it that I just snapped the resin. Um, I'm going to guess that it's a Phileas. No, it wasn't a Phileas because I have, I still have several Phileases. It was nicer Uh, than that. It had a gold nib, but it was very sleek. Okay. And I have the pieces somewhere. It's just in one of the boxes I don't often go into. So one of these days I'm going to pull it out. But, Mm. but, so it had a very tough start. Mm -hmm. My, my fountain pen um, addiction. But then after that, I picked up some more pens that stuck a really nice Schaefer legacy across Apogee. Um, a Watcherman, I like to call it the Karen, because it sounds like it's going to ask to speak to the manager. (laughs) In French, it's my worst language. I don't know about you two, but, uh, you know, Karan. I mean, how do you actually say it? Uh, We say it around the office. We say Kareen. Kareen. Yeah, it it does not. It's probably very, very far from where you're supposed to pronounce it. But Sure. Yeah. But great pen. You know, and, and I have a nice story about that pen. I um, accidentally banged it into a doorway. <laughs> I had it in mm. my hand, and I turned around to talk to somebody. Hit it into a doorway. Totally destroyed the inlaid nib. Sent it back Ooh. to Waterman. I guess, I don't remember where. I know it was overseas. I know it was France, but I don't know if it was actually Paris where I sent it. I don't remember. But they sent it back. Didn't charge me a dime. They fixed it. I still have oh, wow. it. Oh, wow. Yeah. I don't That's know if they still awesome. do that. Right? I, I have I think they do I, they're pretty good with their lifetime warranties I, I don't quote me on that but I have sure. a question you said Please. that that whole sense of groundedness started mm-hmm. about ten years ago even right. though you started using fountain pens back in the nineties mm-hmm. I spoke to you on via text several days ago and you even got married ten ten years ago yes I'm wondering if there's a connection between you meeting your wife There's and a fountain. huge connection between all of this. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, let's, no, finish let's, your question. First, I'm sorry. Right. So the question is, that sense of groundedness does uh-huh. that you get from fountain pens, do you think uh-huh. maybe meeting your wife made your eyes open to the nuances of something that can make you feel grounded or vice versa? Or something like that. But by the way, before you answer that question, mm-hmm. can I just share with everybody? Please. And Tom, I don't know if you know this. His wife is a fucking smoke show. I mean that in the most <laughs> respectful way possible. Like, yeah, she's gorgeous. Hey, absolutely mean, no, gorgeous. You know, yeah, she's, 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 she's wonderful too. Yeah. But yeah. go ahead. Yeah. What, no, well, sure. I, I mean, uh, you know, it's a very complex, a wonderful question. Very complex. I'll try to make it as, um, as well-formed as I can. But so, you know, if you struggle with depression, it doesn't just come out of anywhere. So depression has its roots. For me, it was a really rough childhood. And when you're a very sensitive individual, and I'll freely admit, I'm extremely sensitive. And then you come through something really horrible. It, It scars you and it turns you into something you're not. So I think for a lot of years, I wasn't the best person. I think I had very narcissistic tendencies 
and I, it was very difficult for me to even have empathy for other people. Um, you know, more, almost performative em empathy rather than, than actual. And then you fall in love with somebody extraordinary and you're lapsing back into old habits. But... Can you, you explain want what you mean? I'm sorry to interrupt. Yeah. You're lapsing yeah. back into old habits. What do you mean? Of, of that kind of narcissism. But then you realize that what got you to a certain point in your life doesn't service you for the rest of it. And you need to be mature enough to say, okay, well, there were terrible things that happened. I survived it. I've kind of been acting like an angry young man for, you know, 20 something years by then. Um, you're in your 40s. Act like an adult and hold on to somebody and cherish them. When you open yourself up to that kind of, of relationship and that kind of love, it really elevates your maturity. And you also see the world very, very differently. And things sort of fall into line from the things you love all the way to your relationships and what you want out of life. Hmm. That's very, that's, that's really interesting because yeah. it's almost as if meeting your lovely wife catalyzed your ability to let go of narcissistic behavior and behavior that could be destructive to relationships. Sure. Not I wouldn't be with her still if I had stayed on that trajectory. Mm. So yeah, that's you not get to the easy... point where you want to hold on to something. Sure. It's not. And you, you have to fix what's wrong. But then when you do suddenly you realize, Hey, I don't, get depressed anymore mm. i i see the world differently i'm letting go of a lot of these things i really have to commend you on the ability to acknowledge and take a look at yourself that's typically something very difficult for people with narcissistic personality disorder if that's what you're referring to yourself as I, yeah, I, I mean, I'm not a psychiatrist or anything. Right. It's not like I've ever been di diagnosed, but I just know from being me that I, I was very much centered on myself mm -hmm. because I never felt safe. So I was always trying to get safe. So it was like, get as right. many things, get as much money, you know, get as much status, get safe. And then it's like, okay, well, you're safe now. Are you going to let those defenses fall away and actually open up to somebody like a real feeling person? Right. But, and but thank a, it, you. Yeah, no, yeah. it's impossible to open up to somebody else if you can't yeah. first open up to yourself. Yeah. So yeah. that's that's a very difficult journey, I'm sure. So is it fair to say that in opening up to yourself and opening up to your wife, you kind of open your eyes to the nuances of something as small as a fountain pen and how much that affected you and the feeling it gave yeah. you? Oh, absolutely. Wow. And things become very consequential. You, you start to look for themes in your life and the things you share. And mm -hmm. they, they all link together. And, and it's, you know, little things. I was talking about this on my live show last night. It's like never get so old that little things don't make you feel like a six-year-old. Because I have a six-year-old who loves, like, this Disney show. And she dances around. She's so earnest about it. And so, mm -hmm. you know, it's so wonderful to see it. I would... Part of being a parent now for me is like, um, I lost that quality and being a parent and being where I am in life now has restored that. Hmm. Now, did you used to journal in as disciplined as you do now uh -huh. since the nineties or was that something that happened more so 10 years ago about it was, I, I really got better at it around 2000 what happened was i wasn't using very nice books and i often say to people like consider using leather bound journals or something mm -hmm. similar because you get older and unless you have a home or something with built-in shelves you know things get moved around they get sort of um, mistaken for trash or they get wet so i had about five or six years of notes and journaling and whatnot that were done in random notebooks and things mm -hmm. that just didn't make it. They didn't make it through the years. They were left at girlfriends' houses or, or they got destroyed or what have you. So 
I think the earliest one I still have is from around 1999. Mm -hmm. And then I'm very consistent with the leather bound from about 2000 on. Oh, okay. So so 2000 on, you start using higher quality leather bound notebooks. Mm -hmm. 10 years later about, right? Maybe 13 years later, you meet this lovely woman. Mm-hmm. And well, I've both... known her for 13 years. We've been married oh, okay. for like 10. Yeah. Got it. So you, yep. 10 years later, you meet this lovely woman. Yep. And something about her catalyzes this very difficult journey that you experience in looking into yourself. And again, I know that that's very difficult because it took me about a year of Tom telling me that I screwed pen caps on way too tight for me to really <laughs> look at myself and say, sure. okay, I, I screw pen caps on way too tight. Because I'll do it until... Until the whole thing breaks in half. Just like my first Waterman. Yeah. (laughs) How much, how, I have two questions here. Yeah, please. How much did journaling affect your ability to be honest with yourself? A lot. Uh, Because journaling, you can self-delude your entire life. You can rationalize. You can be a monster and blame everyone else your entire life. People do it. People in public life do it. You you see it. At some point, you have to ask a really tough question. Am I wrong? Or Mm. can it be me? And if you're truly honest with yourself and you're, you're writing things down as you see them honestly, then it's very valuable to you. Where it becomes not that valuable is either extreme either you're not being honest and you're writing your delusions or you're being hyper focused on your negative thoughts both of which can be very hurtful if you're very honest and maybe you're you're breezy and you forgive yourself for doing some silly things and you're not you know incredibly critical of yourself then you have this journal i talk about it like describing your emotional landscape you're looking inwards at, at the vastness of your own consciousness, your thoughts, your memories. And you're being honest about where you are emotionally and personally and writing that down. You're then able to describe it and move on. Mm-hmm. Now, other than your wife being the motivation and the catalyst for you, did she also help you identify character traits that maybe you weren't willing to accept before meeting her? Or was she saying like, hey, listen, you leave the toilet seat down. You're like, no, I don't. Well, maybe I do. Things like that. (laughs) Did she ever ever help you in that sense as well? I mean, one of the amazing things about my wife is that she leads kind of by example. Part of Mm -hmm. what makes her so extraordinary is that she, she, she admits when she's wrong right away and makes amends she can lash out just like anyone else but she has this incredible introspective ability that's very natural mm. so there's times when we're we'll fight and we'll be like am i the asshole here or like maybe it's me <laughs> you know we're kind of going and then you know let's pretend this time it's her she'll be like no you know what it's me i'm having mm. a bad day whatever and it was sort of that example where i was like you know that kind of ability to audit herself and to have that kind of emotional control where Mm -hmm. she's going from, you know, I don't want to say attack, but like you're fiercely debating your side in an argument to going, you know what, I've gone too far. This is not really what I want to do. And I emulated that Mm. because I'm from Philadelphia. Like I was like, you win arguments, you know, you destroy (laughs) people, Win at all costs. you know, which is silly because like I was taught even in Aikido that the, uh, purpose of conflict is to restore harmony Mm -hmm. or otherwise you just destroy one side or the other what do you really accomplish there Mm -hmm. so that's interesting so not only did she motivate you she provided you the example of self introspective thought which is valuable but i still have to credit you with being able to take those things and utilize them because a lot of people can't do that so kudos kudos to you sir now what has your pen collection how has it grown since let's just start from 2000 when you started getting really into journaling and good books 
What has happened to your pen collection since that point in time? My overall guiding principle with my collection early on was I was trying to have my writing look like vintage writing. Mm-hmm. The kind you would see in old letters from the 20s and the 30s. And I didn't know what it was about those that had those qualities. You learn later that it's a combination of flex nibs and stub nibs and, and you know, early Palmer method cursive. Uh, but But it was that I was pursuing. And I wasn't always successful and I went around a lot of, you know, blind alleys and things. But I also would build and I would buy a bunch of pens and I would get like 50 of them and then I would give them all away. Um, mostly to my attorney, but uh, he's got quite a few of them. I, I visit them on occasion. They're usually sitting on his desk. Um, but but that's kind of what happened there. And then I went through this period um, a little later where I was only using one pen fairly recently, right around like 2013 for like two years, I pretty much only used my 149, my Mont Blanc. Mm, I love the 149. Yeah, it's a great mm-hmm. pen. If you're going to pick one, it's not a bad choice, right? It's yeah, like it's a good it's desert like, island pen. Yeah, it's writing. It's like right. writing with a cucumber. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I have a 146. If we're... Oh, is that the one that I publicly asked to give that you give to me? Yeah, the calligraphy one. Yes, yeah, the yes. calligraphy. Isn't it? I'll nice? leave it to my will. <laughs> well, since you guys are showing your mop blocks, I have to show my will. <laughs> right. right. That's right. That's, yeah. that's We're so like Jedi's. I, I bought this one in Paris, in Paris. Oh, brilliant! Yeah, while I was in Paris, yeah, I can't Fantastic. find it anywhere in the states, but but this one here, I the one forty nine, I really like. I actually got the nib ground by JJ Lax because oh. for some reason the Mont Blanc fine nibs write like a lipstick. It's like really broad. So I had JJ, yeah, I had JJ grind it down and it's the perfect fine. It is just the absolute perfect fine. That's great. Yeah. That's that's alchemy right there. Yeah. It's, it's totally awesome. So what, what is the size of your pen collection as it stands now? Well, right now it's not that large for someone who does this publicly. Um, I think it's probably around a hundred right now, which many of the people who, comment on my post tell me all about the four and five hundred pen collections they have mm-hmm. mine mine isn't i i tend to cull it on occasion where i'm just pulling weeding ones out and passing them along and whatnot i i'm always curious though it's curiosity that drives me now and You're then curious people about send what? pens experiences of different feelings um I was speaking with Adventure Denali, and she had the Kaveco Bronze Sport, mm-hmm. and she held it up while we were talking, and there was like this, like glowing crepuscular rays hitting this, you know, pen, and I was like, I I need to experience that, so I just got that. My birthday came up, and I asked for it, and it was nice. I wanted to, I wanted to see if it had that quality of light, and nice. it does. It's it's a odd. It's pen. a heavy duty. Yeah. pocket pen it is but it has this weird all it's it sings when you open it it rings almost like mm-hmm. a bell yeah and it's surf there's almost a surface tension to it and it holds the light almost as if something's being refracted in there it's it's do you, curious. Do you have it in front of you now you want to show it lift yeah, it up right. while he's right. doing that yeah. tom look up the word crepuscular yeah. I think that's an HP Lovecraft word, isn't it? Oh, yeah. that's a well, beautiful it, it, pen. It's the rays of sunlight that come through the clouds. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hey, let me so, ask you something. Yeah. Since you're holding that pen in front of you, is that yeah. lacquered or is it just raw? This is raw, yeah. Okay, got, that's awesome. I, I put the gold-plated clip on it, which I thought mm. brought out the sort of luminous of it. And my wife And that's going to get like a nice patina on it over time, too. Yeah, yeah. that's yes. what's cool about it. It's also antimicrobial. Too. I did no, a video some time ago. My yeah, pens so, need to be. Yeah. But look, you see the light? See the Yeah, it's crepuscule. Is that the word you use? Crepuscule. <laughs> well, we need a little ray on it, but yes. Right. If if you use words over three syllables, you have to know I'm probably not gonna know what you're saying. But, <laughs> but what do you what do you have inside the pen? Are you using that little crackhead syringe or are you I using did. The... Yeah, I, I swapped it out of my other one because I had it in the brass mm-hmm. and I did it live with ink all over my hands. But yes, I have that nice. crazy very tough to use 
yeah. the syringe style converter. And she also got me the calligraphy nib, the 1.1, which I love. It's oh, yeah. Great Kaviko nice. nib. Highly recommend it. Mm, that's awesome. Yeah, is is your wife also into fountain pens? She is, but not to the extent that I am. She had a white Lamy Safari that she used at university mm -hmm. in the UK. And then um, now she's got a really good small collection. She has a, a Lamy Safari. She has a Pilot Vanishing Point. She has a... Um, a really interesting Chinese pen. I don't know which kind, but it it's painted almost like porcelain. Mm -hmm. And I think she has a few more. Oh, she has a, a Kakuno. One of the Kakunos that I bought, she liberated mm. from me. The right. color pink one. Oh. So, did she get into fountain pens because of you, or did she already into fountain pens? Was she already into fountain pens? She, well, I mean, she used it at university. Um, mm -hmm. But I think I she rediscovered it with me. Mm -hmm. But she doesn't write a ton. Um, she I doesn't see. journal like I do. She she journals differently. She journals with Spotify lists. Oh, she, okay. She journals in songs. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, that's it's cool. It's really interesting. She'll she if you see her Spotify, she has like weeks and they're different playlists. Oh, that's cool. So just like making different playlists per mm -hmm. week, and that's kind of like the mood. This like reflected yeah. in the songs exactly interesting right that is yeah yeah me too i recently curated or I'm, i i was invited to curate a summer playlist by my Ooh. daughter who uh. i was the last person in the entire family to be invited to be participate in this spotify playlist so you know it just it, it's a it's an honor but at the same time i'm like yeah, it's like she's I'm making suggestions and then they're being like roundly like, saying, no, I don't want that. Oh, like, no. I mean, she's like 13, so she has a completely different view on what's good music. But right. she's really getting into the whole Spotify world. Yeah, that's cool. But you can't escape the fact that you got picked last for kickball and didn't get yes. to go. Right. No, that's pretty mm -hmm. much what it that's pretty much what it is. Yep, Dad's not cool enough. So, well, yeah, Dad's never are. No. Nope. Well, you can't pick like Metallica and Master of Puppets mm -hmm. and think she's going to like it, right? Well, actually, that was part of our summer playlist last year because that nice. song got hot because of Stranger Things. Stranger Things, Things yeah. So all oh, of a sudden, everybody right. was like, Master yeah. of Puppets. I'm like, yeah, this song's been around. I've been rocking out mm -hmm. to this for like decades. And where have you all you been? So that and Kate Bush, right? Yeah, that, that one too. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's what is the. Up that hill. Uh, the most expensive uh, Hemingway. This is to you because sure. I know Tom. Tom's answer. What is your most expensive pen that you have in your collection? Oh, this. Um, you know, it's really funny. I set a limit at a thousand. Okay. I I try not to spend more than that, and up around that point is the one forty nine. Of course, um, I guess Homo sapiens like seven retail. Uh, I have a Cartier Diablo in Chinese mm. lacquer. Mm -hmm. That's that was a, a lot, but I got it on crazy sale when Levenger was getting rid of all their pens. They put it at eighty percent off. So, and it was at a time when I needed to break. So yeah, so I picked it up for less than two hundred dollars, which was wow. great. So that one, and then the Egyptomania is up there um, by Mont Blanc, which is an extraordinary pen. If you ever mm -hmm. have a chance, if you haven't, if you don't have that one, I highly recommend it. It's it's a strange and interesting pen. And then the calligraphy nib. I mean, those are my real heavy hitters. Mm -hmm. What pens would you say you bought and regret having bought? Regret purchases of pens. Um, I guess the biggest one for me is the uh, Pilot Falcon with its flex nib. Okay. Why? I th Because I think it's kind of, I love Pilot. Let me predicate this by saying that. But I think that pen is rubbish. I mean, for spending two hundred dollars mm -hmm. on this plasticky pen with this, you know, faux flex nib, where the fountain pen revolution with its, I think it's what ultra flex is that what they call it? Mm -hmm. That that nib is so much better. That pen is better, and it's a third of the price or less. Mm -hmm. So that's probably my biggest regret. 
Well, what are you referring to as better? Are you talking about the performance of the flex yeah. as better? Yeah. It, okay. it flexes better. It's more comfortable to write with mm -hmm. all of the above. I in, see. In my humble opinion. Yeah. So I think, though, the Falcon is branded as a semi-flex. Am, am I right, Tom? It's like they they have SF, SM. They call it the soft. It's like soft, medium, soft, fine. Mm -hmm. so well, it was they, oversold when it first came out. Like, I mm -hmm. bought it. Mine is the first iteration that came out. And at the time, they're like, this is the nib that's just like vintage flex. So I was expecting a Watcherman 52. Right. You know, an yeah. ideal nib. And instead, I got that. So I think in a way, sometimes I think that Penn and I, we need to sort of hash it out and just make <laughs> up and just, you know, start up fresh and just see if maybe it's, I'm being overly harsh. Well, I think, I don't remember how the Falcon was marketed and who marketed it for Pilot, but I was always under the impression that the Pilot Falcon is a soft nib that gives line variation but whoever said that it was the thing a that a, a wet flex. noodle yeah. is yeah. absolutely wrong right. there is exactly. nothing i i think that exists today that would be a waterman 52 or a 1910 conklin i don't think anything like yeah. that exists and there's if, a couple and, things that feel that way but they what, don't have that? the line variation so the mont blanc egyptomania feels like mm. a waterman in how soft it is mm -hmm. but it has zero line variation which i really oh. don't understand yeah i mean maybe the fine does i have a medium but it it's very soft and it's flexy almost like a paintbrush mm -hmm. but it it does not um have any variation the other one is the uh, penider quill nib the the hyperflex nib yeah it, yeah my, i, I think it's called, dante yeah yeah, yeah. It, it's an amazing nib Mm -hmm. um, no line variation, but mm -hmm. it is floppy and so fun to write with. The experience mm -hmm. of writing with it is absolutely brilliant. Mm. Well, can I ask you something? So yeah, you're saying that these pens are, they feel like wet noodles, mm -hmm. but don't provide the line variation, right? Mm -hmm. So with that standard, what makes the Falcon so upsetting for you i think it's just that it, the experience of writing with a falcon which i believe is still around 200 hours if you're going to buy it mm -hmm. think so. is similar to the fountain pen revolution experience or, or a blue mm -hmm. do mm -hmm. so why bother mm -hmm. the blue do if i remember yeah, correctly another flex pen i'm trying mm -hmm. to I'm, I'm thinking of when the Falcon was kind of at its heyday and there wasn't a lot of other options available when it came to the, the, you know, a little bit, you know, gold nib flex and everything like that. And I, I do remember a YouTube video. There was a YouTube video where somebody had a pilot Falcon and it was just writing random words and you would just see it on the paper and you would see this, the swells and everything. And it actually was a, a modified nib so they took a falcon and then i think nibs.com I, I believe at the time it was a uh, um john modishaw the, mm -hmm. the the there was a particular spencerian grind that was done to modify that nib and even said it in the youtube channel itself on the description and everything but mm. people went crazy for it because they thought this is what i was going to get mm. and i think that's might have been where the impression uh, maybe that's was, yeah maybe was maybe that's what that. i saw at the time because could have been yeah, many times you don't read those descriptions. <laughs> Despite the fact that you tell people, hey, in the description right? below, it's yeah, like, right. nope, Dis didn't read discount, it. Discount code in the description. It's Where like, do I order this code? again? Yeah, exactly. Uh, no, it's in the description. Right. So what's your opinion on, so you talked about Fountain Pen Revolution. Mm -hmm. What do you think of Noodler's pens? I've never used the Ahab, mm. at, which is a sacrilege because... Noodlers is from Massachusetts, where I am. Oh, really? Um, yeah, they? Nate goes to the Commonwealth Pen Show. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, it's it's probably a sacrilege that I haven't tried it. I, I, I vow to try one very soon and, and mm -hmm. write that. I never pass opinions on things I don't use. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, just, have, you ever, have you ever tried the, the Scribos? 
No, but I'm mm. dying to get my hands on one. I, I bought some Scribo ink from Tom, actually, Tom's mm -hmm. place, because uh, because they have it, and I I love it. And um, I follow a few pen influencers on YouTube that are Italian, mm -hmm. and they do their whole presentations in Italian, and I enjoy that, even though I only get like every fourth word. You know, I'm learning <laughs> Italian. Um, and Scribo was very big over there. Mm -hmm. So I really want to try one. That, it's one of my kind of, I would say, wants. It's definitely, I have my eye on one of those. Mm. I can't wait to hear your feedback on that pen because, well, I mean, to be totally honest, the writing experience with the Mont Blanc calligraphy nib is very similar to the Scribo. Mm. Yeah, the Scribo uses a 14 karat gold flex nib. They, their feed keeps up. The Mont Blanc also does. I just think that the Scribo is definitely more, I've talked about this before, definitely more bang for your buck. You're getting Italian acrylic. You're getting oh, yeah. more hand craftsmanship. It's gorgeous. Yeah, it's absolutely. Of course, though, sometimes like the designs of the Scribo, like the first edition of the Scribo that came out, the Scribo Field, what was that called, Tom? Which, the colors? No, no, the very first design. Remember, it looked like MC Hammer's pants. Oh, no. Yeah. MC Hammer's pants. Yeah, it was no, like, you, like this weird balloon shape. But that's pen. how they all are, though. You can't yeah. tell the heels are like that. The, the only, the, so they have now the Lodota, which is just basically the same shape, but it's all round instead of faceted. And then there's the mm. Puma that is the cartridge converter one. Mm. So that's, Can you there's, post there's only three models. Are they postable? The Puma is kind of, but not great. Um, gotcha. The feel and the Ladotas are not postable. Mm. Okay. So how, I've always been it... saying I, I I really want a Scribo that will post mm. and that will be a really nice, well balanced sized poster, kind of like a one forty six would be, you know. Yeah. So Hemingway Jones, you yeah. you asked him if it was postable. So I'm wondering if posting, being able to post a pen or not, is important to you. Like, is it a deal breaker if you it's can't not post a it? It was a deal breaker for years. For mm -hmm. years, I was like, if I can't post it, I don't want it. And I was very militant about mm -hmm. that for a long, long time. And then a couple of pens came out that you couldn't post, like the Egyptomania, mm -hmm. that are just so brilliant. And then I started to get more where I was like, okay, some of these pens I'm posting are really back heavy. Why am I fighting it? Mm -hmm. You know, like the Cartier Diablo that weighs like three pounds. It has a, a brass core with this Chinese lacquer built up. I mean, right. It's quite a hefty pen. And then you post the thing and it's so back heavy. You know, what am I thinking? And so I've evolved. Now I, mm -hmm. I post much less, but I do like a pen that I can post without any feelings of guilt. I often don't post my 146. I feel guilty when I do. My 149 is, is, looks like it went through a war, which is one of the things I love about it. I mean, I've had it for years, and it's been with me through trips to Italy. When my daughter was born, it was with me. When I proposed to my wife, like all these moments in my life, and it looks it. It looks like mm -hmm. it. So, oh, so like that 140, like my 149 right now, I keep in a case. Mm -hmm. I don't, if, sure. if like... It scratches. I'll be depressed for a month and so. But your pen has been through the ringer, yeah. And you actually go. like that. Let it go. Boy, yeah. Let it go. I know. I think yeah, I, I, I do think like I it. It's like wabi sabi. It doesn't become yours till you put a nick on it. Mm. That's the way I look at it. And then you you sort of free yourself. It, so it's scratch. Big deal. You know. Mm. What are you going to sell it? Like I'm never. That's a good sell point. It. My wife bought me bought me mine. I'll never sell it. So mm. it, it's like the more it's been with me, the the more interesting it is and the less you need to worry about it. Like use That's it. That's a good point. Yeah. Now, after you decided to yourself, Hey, listen, I'm going to be a little bit more open-minded to pens that don't post. Sure. Did you go back and start looking at pens that didn't post that you didn't buy just because of that and then gave them a shot? Or is it all just like start fresh? We're going to move ahead. It was more the latter. I, I didn't kind of think retrospectively and Oh, let me go try it. It was more like going forward, how am I going to approach each pen? Some pens must be posted, of course. I mean, like mm -hmm. the Lilliput or even the Kaviko mm -hmm. Sport. But it's those ones where they're really pretty and you got to ask yourself, am I going to scratch this thing? And, mm -hmm. and do I care? Do I mm -hmm. care in this instance or don't I? And most of the times I don't. 
and a lot of people, even in my comments, will say, I can't believe you're like so cavalier with that pen. And it's like, it's a tool. It's a pen. It's meant mm. to be used. Yeah. But, um, you know, a lot of my pens kind of come to me. I think it's probably the same for you. You know, it's like I don't often ask for pens. Sometimes they just come. Mm. I see. Tom's People sitting there going stuff. Tom's sitting there going like, nope, he asks me all the time. Yep. Yeah. Is that the relationship? They just sort of come to Roy via Tom. (laughs) Nice. Well, that's a nice pipeline to have. But you have a whole warehouse, Tom. You could pull anything out. That must be that must be nice. It's it's uh it's a little overwhelming at times because you know, it's it's like it's like us if you worked at a restaurant and and you know, it's just like that you the that would that cuisine would be like the last thing you'd want to eat at the end of the day, just because mm-hmm. you're surrounded by it the whole entire day. But sure. it, it, it makes it a lot easier for me to turn down. You know, like I don't have that feeling of FOMO as much as a lot of people mm. do where it's like, Oh, oh you know, yeah. I, I'm going to miss out on this limited edition or whatever. It's like another one will come along. It's not really a big yeah. deal. So let yeah, me that's ask a good point. Go ahead, let me please. ask though, you know, being newer to it's only, well, you're not new anymore, but newer Instagram influencer, social media presence in the fountain pen industry. Did you experience any challenges in terms of dealing with being a social media phenomenon or person that you weren't expecting? Um, challenges. I mean, you know, if you're on social media, there's always the criticisms that you get. And I really, I get a kick out of the ones that are clever. Mm -hmm. And I'll share them with my wife. Like, oh my God, read this. I wish I could think of one. But people have said stuff that have made me like laugh out loud. Mm Because I'm from Philadelphia. I know I've said that a few times. But it, it does explain a lot about me. The currency of my friend's friendship are insults. Mm-hmm. You know, but 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 I do hear a lot of personal attacks, which I wasn't necessarily prepared for. But mm. it is more than compensated by the uh, the incredible support and love from like this great community that I built on on YouTube. Mm-hmm. You know, just wonderful people over there, and a lot of the TikTok people too are really nice. Even though that place is the wild wild west, so people mm-hmm. say anything to you and being kind of an older guy for social media um, i'm surprised i even was as successful as i was mm-hmm. in in any of the uh forums that i entered so but it well, was a little you know, lonely going on youtube i'd say really you know when you're yeah you know, so. you're starting well you're starting on youtube for me i started a year and a half ago on youtube mm-hmm. i had no idea what i was doing how to edit how to sound mix even how to present things i wish i watched tom more tom's a pro I, I made fun of tom when he came on my show i'm like are you okay just being on one camera that's right are you okay so um you know i didn't know what i was doing and i mean i don't know why anybody would pay attention to me but it would have been nice to like have a mentor like mm-hmm. someone to say hey i really like what you're doing i see what you why don't you try this or that now i try to do that for people now Mm-hmm. Uh, because I remember what it was like for a while. I felt like I was some kind of satellite that was leaving the solar system, sending these pings back, it, hoping someone would hear it. You mm-hmm. know, every time, because you would post a video, you'd get maybe fifty people watching you in two weeks. It was, it was rough. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, obviously, eventually you meet people and you move along and and you you start to make connections. But I I think that. Us now, fairly established, it, it it would be nice if we see someone, if we reached out, or um, certainly for myself, and maybe ask them how they were doing, if they had any mm-hmm. questions, you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I always I always leave my door open for questions at pendertainmentpodcast at gmail.com. Great. You like how I slipped that in there? That was smooth, yeah, right? Yeah, I think you yeah. should. But, you said it correctly but, the first time as well. I know. Holy cow. So, but I want to tell you, though... When I first saw your TikTok videos, mm-hmm. 
I did, and I'm not just saying this to kick your kiss your ass just because you agreed to be on my show. I say this because I I mean it. I we talked about this before we even started corresponding with you that I love this guy Hemingway Jones and the way he articulates and enunciates his words, and okay. not just that. It was more than just that. You know what it was? It was the confidence and bravado that uh-huh. you had that I think more people would be unable to do to be able to just be who you want to be on camera and not give a shit about whatever these fucking keyboard warriors would say sure. you know what i'm saying so i'm seeing this guy up there and i just love the way you introduce we're going to talk i can't even imitate you about this, this pen is shit by the way but it's kind of cool though it's like a big skull and stuff and but anyway you, you know like we're going to talk and then you cut to cut to the the you know the writing sample or the showing of the as a matter of fact and I have to give credit where credit's due when I was on TikTok I looked at your videos and I'm like I fucking love that shit so what I started doing was I would sit back there and I would do the exact same thing I mean I wouldn't try to talk like you cuz I couldn't pull it off but I would be like today we're going to talk about this whatever fucking fountain pen and then I would cut to the unboxing of it, or I would cut to the writing sample or the demonstration of it and stuff like that. So I just want you to know that I stole that from watching your videos. <laughs> yeah. No, that's great. I, I appreciate it. Cause I, I mean, I, I was influenced by other people too. Um, the, my influences are like, you know, Jeremy Clarkson on top gear where I really took a lot of my phraseology and stuff from and, and some of like watch content on YouTube. Mm hmm that I enjoyed. So, I mean, we all are stealing the best from others. And then of course you need to be authentic and have your own voice. Right. And, and I do, it's nice to be in a place in your life where I, I feel pretty set and pretty comfortable and confident. The only thing that bothers me or at least bothered me that I've sort of let go of is factual errors. Mm -hmm. I, and we all do it. You know, everybody, I see it in other people's videos. I've I've done it. You, where you say something's 14 carat when it's 18 carat or whatever. I mm. I just hate stuff like that. And, and the internet they, will call you out on it every single time. They do. They do. But then, you, you know, it's not the worst thing either. Sometimes it, that spurs conversation in the comments and it fires up the algorithm. And mm. so and I've, I just, you do your best and I just worry about it less now. Mm. Well, that's good. You know what it is also? It's like we do we do our research, we get our information together, we put it out there, and then you might just say something wrong. It's okay. Yes. You know, yeah. it's not the end of the world. People will get over it. And what I find a lot of times is people will take something that you say that's factual and interpret it completely different or hear something that you didn't even oh, say. Yes. like. So like you may not even say something, but they'll be like, you said this and I'm really mad at you for it. Or I might just like just before I said this pen sucks. Well, it doesn't suck. It's it's cool. It's just super crazy back weighted. It's like I'm doing forearm curls with this fucking pen, but it's a cool pen. But the cap is not insulated, so it dries out in 20 seconds. Right. So. I could say something like that and they'll be like, I'm really disappointed in your review of that pen. I didn't review the pen. I was just making fun of it, but whatever. And then they'll, they'll say that, you know, you don't know what you're talking about and they don't have a channel. They don't have, they're just watching it. I just don't, I honestly don't give a shit. And there's too many people that have constructive things to say that push you in the right direction. You know, so just to give you an example, I think in 2021, July of 21, I liberated somebody of their fishbowl. It was about that big with a little beta fish in it. I put it on my desk. I shared it on Instagram. All of a sudden, a thousand people were fucking fish experts and they're telling me that fish is tortured. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to listen to it. I'm going to, I'm going to go get a, a big tank. Then they're like, add a filter. I'm like, okay, I'll buy a filter. And then I started researching fish and now I'm just so deep in the fish keeping rabbit hole wow. and I know so much about fish keeping. I love fish keeping and it all came from constructive criticism. My, yes. yeah, yes. you know, like 
I have a friend named Marilyn Garner. She was telling me, oh, like my fish always died, but you should try to add plants. You should try to do this, that, and the other thing. I had another guy who was, you know, some people go off the deep end. They're like, don't leave him in the fishbowl. Give him a 200 gallon tank and mortgage your house to get him a better place. You know, <laughs> that, that kind of, you have to pick and choose, but sure. I feel like constructive criticism helps. It does. You know? It does. And, and I think also, I think you need to have something of a vision too. Mm-hmm. You know, certainly can you, can you elaborate, elaborate what you're talking well, about? Well, sure. Uh, you know, let's talk about the pen scene on YouTube. There, there's a lot of people who get into the particulars. If I talk about how much something weighs, how long it is, how it writes or what have you, I think Tom does it a hundred times better than I do. Like Tom will make it entertaining and talk about specs on the pen and then write with it. So if I do the same thing, I'm competing with Tom and Tom does it better. And I'm literally saying Tom does it better. You do. Thanks. So, so what do I have to offer? So for me, it's more about like, who are you when you're using this pen? How does this work into your life? What kind of an adventure can you take this pen on? So I do things like I went to the Boston Public Library with the Pelican M600 Solver and Red Tortoise. And I talked about the pen and I talked about the library. So you got a little history mm. on, you know, McKeed, Kim and White and the architects and the building. Plus you learned about the pen at the same time with this really beguiling and beautiful B-roll that was supporting it all. So that's the value add. I feel like you're coming on a journey on my channel, whereas other channels are doing the spec stuff much better. And mm-hmm. I think and there's other channels that do the personal stuff, I think, much better. You know, Adventure Denali will sit down with a journal and journal and talk to people while she's doing it. And, and it's engrossing and it's personal and it's it's very well done. It makes an incredible connection. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I could do that. But you have to kind of know what your vision is and what it is that you bring to the table. That's an interesting perspective and it just made me realize i have absolutely no vision i just turn on the camera just start doing your, shit. your, thing, your angle is <laughs> like, more about shit. like humor you know it's just like it's just like how yeah. you know how can i make this pen review exciting for me to talk about and make it like funny in parts you know and, and make it like a like just a kind of like a stand-up routine almost it's like hey let's talk about this pen and then you know crack jokes in the middle of it so yeah, I, think I don't that's actually. Too. I don't. I don't actually try to do that. It just. I know. Well, it's but supposed that's to you. Come that's your personality. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. You know so that's good. what I. That's what I. Uh, that's what I give. Yeah. That's that's what I was thinking too. Right. We are. The community is entirely too reverential about things too. I think it's good to be have a little fun and be a little edgy and energetic on things. Yeah, like calling a, calling a plastic pen sleeve a body bag. You know, it's just it's just like we we have yeah. to. We have to look at it and almost like kind of make fun of ourselves a little bit for being so intense mm. about, you know, it's like we have to cut it with some humor because then we could just be very, very like cut and dry about the whole thing. Right. Absolutely. That's and why that's I, I, insight. I always write silly stuff during the writing sample. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, it, you know what it is? It's also just me being me. I'm not sure. I don't really filter stuff that much when I'm doing stuff like I, I don't know why but I've just been I even on the when I was in Paris I was doing a writing sample on a live and on the live I actually wrote out savage sausage and I'm like what the fuck am I doing why am I writing that I don't know why I did that I and now every time I write I'm writing savage sausage I don't know Caitlin super dead shout out to Caitlin super dead we love you we've been seeing the memes but yeah do something with that Caitlin super dead this guy Caitlin super dead he's uh, an Instagram follower of ours Oh, brilliant. And he, he makes memes with our faces superimposed on like donkeys and everything and oh, fucking fantastic. Yeah. Horse sticks, whatever you name it. I love it. Wow, it's hilarious. Charlie. Yeah. That's no, I mean, he never did a horse stick. I'm just saying, cause I'm sure. randomly thought, but yeah, do something with that. Caitlin super dead. So, but listen, it's, it's getting about that time. This, it went by so quick because I had such a good time having this conversation. I thank you again for being Thanks. on the show. We but went a if, lot deeper than I was expecting. I was really? I, I came prepared to talk about 
my favorite fountain pens, and we ended up going through psychoanalysis and journaling <laughs> and transcending your your basic nature and all sorts of things. So well done. Well, I I didn't know you were as deep. I mean, I did. I had a feeling that there's more than meets the eye. Not calling you a transformer, unless you want to be called a transformer. <laughs> yeah, I can look. But. That that's what happens on the show. Like we'll start talking and something will pique my interest. And then I'll just start talking about that. And we used to have Tom, right? We used to have this thing where we would like, Hey, let's talk about X, Y, and Z, but we never fucking got to it because <laughs> sure. something would come up. Someone would jingle keys. Outline. Right. Someone will, someone will jingle something. I'll be like, what's that noise? Dude, I heard a noise. And that reminds me of this movie that I saw. And then we go off and talk about everything else. So, mm-hmm. But you're a very interesting individual. I thank you for your content on TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube. And before you, before we sign off, I would like you to shamelessly plug all platforms where people can find you. Oh, thanks. Certainly. So um, Hemingway Jones on YouTube, on Instagram, and on TikTok. Uh, YouTube's my home, though. So that's where all the action is, really. You have a, a weekly live uh, show, right? You yes, like thank you, Tom's, Tom's ever the marketer plugging me better than I can. Thank you very much. <laughs> yes, I have a weekly live show Tuesday night at 8. And I release new videos usually on Fridays at noon. This week's video is my top five mac and cheese pens. Mac and cheese. Like mac and I guess we're, we're going exactly. to have to watch it to yes. find out. Indeed. See, okay. I should have said that earlier. We could have got into that, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what that means is we're just going to have to do another show together. And I love it. Yeah, but I don't eat carbs. Can I still watch the video? Yes, you can. Just, okay, you know, just don't All swallow. Right. Your <laughs> comfort food, your comfort food, Roy, is more like, was it top sirloin and uh, broccoli? Yeah, that's your Rib, comfort food. Ribeye. I love ribeye. Ribeye rib and yeah, broccoli. Nice. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's your like mac and cheese. I like a nice fatty ribeye. But, but again... Hemingway Jones, thank you for joining us. And everybody listening, this was episode number 167 of the Penboy Roy Entertainment Podcast. Thanks for listening. Love you guys. Be well. Be safe. Stay inky.